Good morning, Generations Church. We continue this morning on our message on authority. It is from the Gospel of Mark. And as I suggested last time, this is the fourth best of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the fourth best, but at the same time, I also want to emphasize that the fourth best, when you're talking about the Gospels, when you're talking about the good news, the fourth best is really good. I compared it last time to Beethoven's fourth symphony, the Forgotten Symphony, but among any other collection of symphonies other than Beethoven's nine symphonies, in any other collection of symphonies, that would be one of the most beautiful pieces of music in all of history. The Gospel of Mark in any other collection other than the four Gospels would not be the fourth best, but it would be by far the best. And in fact, Each of the Gospels have their own advantages, have their own beautiful uh, emphases that they stress and that they focus on. And the Gospel of Mark is no different. The Gospel of Mark is perfect for the new Christian or for the seeker. I recall as a brand new Christian, I had come to Christ just several weeks before I went to college. When I arrived in college, I got involved in the campus fellowship there, and I met one of the senior advisors. I remember he was so old, I thought. I was barely 18 years old, and I met Earl, and he was wonderful, and he was, I I mean, he may have been close to 50 years old. I think he may have had a gray hair or two, and I met him, and he was uh, not even like a father, but like a grandfather figure. And I remember he sat me down, and he took me through the Bible. He found out a little bit about me, found out I'd only been a Christian for a few weeks. And he took his Bible and he went through the table of contents. I remember he explained to me the Old Testament and how the books were divided in the Old Testament, the Pentateuch and things like that. And then the New Testament, the Gospels, the letters of Paul, etc. And I recall that Earl suggested that as a new believer, I should start with the book of Mark. And ever since then, if I know a new believer or if I leave, uh, lead somebody to Christ, I will suggest that they start with the book of Mark because Mark is a book of action. Mark is a book that is meant to be read out Loud. It is a book of action, drama, and uh, over and over, as I've said already, it says immediately this happened, then immediately this happened. There's no delay, and we continue to move our way through the gospel. I have uh, already suggested that I hope that you will listen to or watch on YouTube uh, Mark's Gospel by Max McLean. I think it is a wonderful presentation of the gospel. And what Max McLean is doing in this video is he is more or less acting as Mark. Mark, recall, is the one who sat at the feet of 
Peter, Peter who was an eyewitness of all the events of Jesus, and Mark for years had sat at the feet of Peter and heard Peter as Peter traveled around and as Peter preached the gospel. Mark heard the stories over and over and over again. And then he penned his gospel from the perspective of Peter. And Again, I want you to find these videos on YouTube. We will actually watch one of the videos later today as part of our communion. We will jump ahead to Mark 15. But if you get a chance to watch these videos, do me a favor, please encourage me. Send me comments on what you think about Uh, Max McLean's presentation of Mark's gospel. I don't think you'll regret watching. Send me comments either to my own email or you can send them to the email for the church or to Pastor Andy and he can make sure that I get those. And if you're willing, I would love to be able to read some of your comments in future sermons because I do hope that everybody in our church will end up watching these videos by Max McLean. We move now today to three vignettes. Recall where we are. The last time we saw that we started our series on authority, that Jesus had come and he had proclaimed the kingdom. And then there are a series of stories. Quick, immediately, immediately, immediately. A series of stories. And the first one we covered last time was showing Jesus' authority over evil spirits, that he spoke as one with authority. He taught as one with authority. And he spoke to the demons as one with authority. And that was the first of a series of stories. Today, we look at three more of these stories or three vignettes that we will look at. And they happen one after the other, quickly, quickly. And As we prepare for communion today, I want you to think of each of these stories happening in the shadow of the cross. And we will look forward then to having our communion together. Quickly, what we will look at is Jesus has authority to heal the sick, and then Jesus, we see, will seek out solitude, but the people will continue to crowd to him, and then Jesus also has the power to cleanse leprosy, all in the shadow of the cross. Let's do our scripture reading this morning. Let me pray as we prepare. Lord, we pray that through the reading of your word and the preaching of the gospel, our hearts would be touched. In Jesus' name, amen. We turn now to Mark. We turn to Mark 1, 29 through 45. Pay attention immediately, immediately, at once. They're all translating the same word in the Greek, which would be immediately. So as soon as, immediately, immediately. Mark 1, 29. As soon as they had left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told her about Jesus. So he went to her 
took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out the demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him. And he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. As we go to our first section, we see that now Jesus has healed the or uh, removed the impure spirit. He is now going to begin to heal the sick, demonstrating his authority. And at the beginning of this passage, we're going to see that uh, he's going to create a traffic jam. We see a lot of people are going to begin to take notice and they're going to start to back up in their desire to seek the healing and the touch of Jesus As soon as, again, this immediately, immediately, as soon as they left the synagogue after healing the impure spirit, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. So this is Simon Peter, Simon Peter, and he's married. He's living at home with his mother-in-law. And Simon had a problem. Simon had the problem that his mother-in-law was sick. So what do you do if you have a problem? And they immediately, at once, told Jesus about her. If you have a problem, you tell Jesus. That is an opportunity that Peter had because he was a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus today, you have that opportunity. Bring your problems to Jesus. And we... Then go on and look at verse 31. So he went to her. Jesus responded. Jesus went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. 
I think of Peter's mother-in-law, kind of like my wife. My wife loves to serve. She just seems to be driven. It seems to be like an internal instinct that when there are guests, when there are people around, she has to serve. And the only thing, I think, that can slow her down is if she's sick. And it's sad. It's sad to see somebody like that when they're unable to get up, when they're unable to do what they are born to do, what they desire to do. And that was Peter's mother-in-law. And she was sick, but Jesus came with compassion. He touched her. And she was healed. And she was released to do what she was called to do. She got up and she began to serve them. They were guests in her home and she wanted to serve them. And especially because it was the Lord, the Messiah. And so she desired to serve them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. I love imagining Peter telling this story over and over again about the time that Jesus came to his house. He told Jesus about his mother-in-law, the mother of his wife. And Jesus had compassion and he had come to his house and he had healed him and then the crowds began to pack in at his house. And Mark was the one who heard Peter tell that story over and over again. That's why there's so much detail. We know who was there. We know what was going on. Because Peter told the story and Mark wrote it down and we get the privilege to read it. So that evening they brought many people to Jesus. The whole town. Now, of course, there's probably a little bit of hyperbole going on here, but a whole mess of people from the town gathered together at the door and Jesus is demonstrating his authority. He is healing diseases and he is driving out demons. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. So we see these crowds coming and Jesus is demonstrating his authority. Again, he simply speaks. He doesn't need incantations. He doesn't need spells, but he speaks and people are healed. He speaks and the demons flee. Observers don't know who he is, but the demons knew who he was. The people, the disciples were just learning who he is. The observers, Peter's mother-in-law, Peter's wife, probably had difficult time understanding who exactly is this person who speaks and teaches with authority, who speaks a word, and there is healing. And I want us to think, when it says the whole town gathered at the door, who was there. Three kinds of people were present. First are the people who need help. These are the demon-possessed. These are the diseased. These are the sick. These are the lame. These are people who are broken, and they need the help of Jesus. 
a second kind of person as the whole town is gathering. It's people who bring other people. They're bringing friends, neighbors, and they're bringing loved ones. These are people who have compassion on their loved ones. These are people who want Jesus to help, that want Jesus to reach out and touch the people they care about. And then the third kind of person, those who watched. They came because there was a lot of activity going on. There was a lot of excitement in the air. And they show up and they were observers. The question I have is which one are you? Are you a person when there's excitement, you show up, you come, you watch, and you observe, but you stand at the edges? Or are you someone who is involved? I believe there are people this morning in our church, people who are watching that probably need help, that need the touch of Jesus. If that's you this morning, come before Jesus. There are others of us who at the moment we are strong enough that we're able to see and care for the needs of other people. And I pray that we would reach out and we would bring our friends before Jesus. We would bring our neighbors before Jesus. We would bring our loved ones before Jesus. I think especially in 2020, in the midst of a pandemic with so many things that are going on, I pray that we would take the initiative to reach out to people who are hurting. Maybe we do it virtually, but to reach out and to touch them, and to bring them before Jesus, to pray for them, to pray in the name of Jesus, to bring people before Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door, watching as you listen, as you read the Gospel of Mark, which kind of person are you? What did Jesus do on this Sabbath? He did anything but take a rest. It was the Sabbath and he was supposed to be resting, but he was busy healing. And by the end of the day, the crowds, the traffic jam had arrived. And so the day after the Sabbath, this is what Jesus does. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. When he was tired, he went to rest. And very early in the morning, he goes to rest. Are we carving out a time to spend with Jesus? When we're busy, Jesus was busy. Are we connecting ourselves to Jesus? Mark is very strategic when he mentions that Jesus is praying. Only three times in the gospel, here in verse 35. A second time he mentions it in Mark 6 in the middle of the gospel. And then <clears throat> again in Mark 14 near the end of the gospel. And each time that Mark mentions that Jesus was praying, it was at a time of tremendous testing. 
Jesus was being tested. In Mark 6, he had just fed the 5,000. He was about to walk on the water and people wanted to declare that he was the healer, he was the Messiah and he should be king and he should conquer all of Israel. In Mark 14, it's when Satan was tempting him and when he was tempted to not follow the road and the path of the cross and his suffering and he was in prayer, God, give me strength. And here at this time, he has just emerged burst onto the public scene and the people want to acclaim him and he prays. When you have your most difficult time, are you strong enough to face that moment without Jesus, without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the power of God? Mark wants to show us that Jesus doesn't rely only on his own power, but he is in fellowship with the Father. His power is the power of the Father. His power is the power of God, and he needs to connect to that constantly, especially in a moment of challenge, a moment of testing. If Jesus needed prayer, how much more Do I need prayer? Let us never neglect the habit, the practice of prayer. He went to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they explained, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. He has come to preach the good news. That is his his point. He's not yet to be proclaimed the king of Israel. And so he moves out and he continues to preach. He continues to heal. He continues to demonstrate his authority from village to village. And he's calling on people to repent and believe. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. And even as he retreats to the countryside, people continue to hear the news. People continue to press to him, continue to come before him. And next we see that a man with leprosy hears about Jesus and he comes before Jesus. This is very bold for a leper. Uh, leprosy is a, any number of skin, <clears throat> skin-related diseases, including Hansen's disease. And uh, some forms of it are very serious and very obvious, somewhat disgusting. And it, leprosy, however, is worse than the physical pain. Because leprosy also means that you are ritually unclean, and it means you are a social outcast, that you are despised by your society. So there is anguish that is physical as your body deteriorates and falls apart. 
There's mental pain. There is social pain. And there is religious pain and ostracism, a loneliness of being set apart. That is the life of a person with leprosy. Would a person with leprosy have the courage to come to the healer, to come before Jesus? A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, look at the faith. If you go to a priest in that day, the priest can't heal you. The priest can't make you well. What the priest can do is possibly make you ritually clean, but he doesn't ask if you will make me clean, if you will bring me back into the society of the temple. What he says is, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You can change everything from my skin on the outside to my heart on the inside. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Notice what comes first. Jesus could have cleansed him, then touched him. You're clean, my friend. No. He touched the skin of the man. He touched the contamination. He touched the heart of the man. And said to him, I am willing. Be clean. What do you think would happen? If you were the onlookers watching Jesus, and here comes a man who's been ostracized socially, religiously, physically, he's marked by the deterioration, the disease that's wreaking havoc on his flesh. If you were observing that and you saw Jesus touch him and then Jesus speak a word, what would you expect to happen? Immediately, 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 immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Let me encourage you, listen to Max McLean, listen to this passage read because everything is so fast and it just keeps coming at you. Rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid fire. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once, at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Jesus heals the man sends him off but then he wants to slow down the spread of his pain how many of us are suffering leprosy maybe not anything visible on our skin but how many of our how many of us are facing leprosy within our heart or sin within our heart we're socially ostracized religiously isolated we are alone Jesus wants to reach out and to touch us in our broken disgusting sinful state Jesus touches us and says I am willing to heal you be clean that's the call of Jesus this morning.
Instead, the man went out and began to talk freely, spreading the good news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. And so that is where we end our passage this morning. The people are coming to Jesus. We have looked at three vignettes this morning. And immediately this happened. And immediately that happened. And immediately this happened. Then that. Then this. Then that. Then this. Then that. And it's building to a climax because we're wondering, who is this person? This person with authority. Who is he actually? He is healing the sick. Amazing things are happening to us. But what's going to happen in our next story? Don't miss Mark. Chapter 2, the first story is a story where Jesus looks at a crippled man and says, your sins are forgiven. Your sins? We've seen healing. But does Jesus have the authority to forgive sin? That's what we're driving towards. So these three stories, bam, bam, bam. Jesus can get rid of the impure spirits. Jesus can heal diseases. Jesus can heal the mother-in-law of Peter. Jesus can heal the leper. Jesus can heal, heal, heal. Does Jesus also have the authority to forgive sin? And recall, Everything is happening in this passage, in the shadow of the cross. So as we finish our message this morning, prepare your heart to take communion. Jesus, who healed the sick, who forgives sin, died on the cross on our behalf, for our sin, so that we could receive a complete healing, a complete inner healing. Forgiveness, forgiveness of sin. And with that, we receive union with Christ and eternity together with God. Let's pray together. Lord, as we look forward to communion, we thank you that Jesus came and that he demonstrated his authority in story after story after story so that people could not rightly deny that he was the Christ and that he had come to proclaim the good news. And eventually, he also demonstrated that he had come to hang from a cross, to die for our sins. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are faithful. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.